Guys, am I on? Good morning. Are we going to turn up the light? I want to see your pretty faces. Oh, there you are. Oh, wow. I know, turn it off. No, I'm joking. Fantastic. It's great to be here. You know, you guys have the best pastors in the world. Do you know that? Pastor Rob and Pastor Paulie, they are a fantastic couple. And you guys need to pray for them and stand with them because they are a good couple. They are Great family. God's blessed you. Amen. And it's great to be part of them. They've looked after me so well. I don't want to go home. So. It's great. Now, we are doing our chaplaincy tour, being around the place, meeting with different pastors and leaders and chaplains and so forth. And I'm, we, and I'm happy to announce we do have our first, out in South Australia, I think this is ever, we have our first uh, officially appointed regional um, chaplain's leader, coordinator for this region, and Pastor Pauline has stepped up and taken that mantle on, and um, she's, I haven't said her KPIs yet, so wait till she gets that in the email, but no, no, get behind her, pray for her, it's a lot of opportunity across our, this area, this region, uh, to have chaplains. I think, like we were saying, wherever people gather, there's a lot of need for chaplains, and, and there's a lot of opportunity, just not just in where the typical places we think, in the hospitals and so forth, there's opportunity in industry. You know, I was in a packing company in, a, in Ethel Park in Adelaide the other day, and it's called um, Aurora Packaging. So they make cardboard boxes for a whole bunch of different um, industry, uh, different um, companies, and um, they have 110 staff. They want to employ a chaplain six hours a week to, to walk the floor, to work with the, the staff, and they have 110 staff just to be there for them and to help them through and be there and stand with them. So there's a lot of industry. You know, there's one chaplain in New South Wales, this lady had a burden. I don't know if it was a burden or just shopping retail therapy need, but she went to her local Westfield shopping centre, a big shopping mall, and she went in there and said, I've got a heart for the staff and the, and the shopping centre. There's hundreds of people that come, thousands of people that come through the shopping centre a day nearly because it was a big shopping mall. And so she went to the centre management and we did up an MOU, like a, an agreement with the centre management how she could operate as a volunteer chaplain to the set to the shopping mall and um the retail staff the managers of the shops and all the customers the feedback was amazing so at the end of the first year when they reviewed her contract they said we we don't want you to be volunteer anymore we want to pay you as a shopping center chaplain (laughs) So she's uh, now works in that big mall, dealing with and being there for the security. If there's an upset customer, they call on the chaplain. When there's a manager there that's had one of their staff come in and had a loss in their family or something, they call on the chaplain. And it's a great place of connection and working with people. So if you're interested or want to know more of some of those sectors, there's some of these flyers out there in the foyer. Please grab one, have a look at it. And if you would like to go on our mailing list in the area and um, just keep abreast of what's going on, there's also that. Fill it out and hand it to me and we'll make sure that we put you on the mailing list to know what's happening around this region. As now we have our first regional leader and we're going to hit... There's going to be so many testimonies coming out. No pressure. (laughs) fantastic. You know, I really believe that God can do miracles in a city. Amen. I'm convinced that you're sitting here today because God's setting you up to be a miracle to this community. It's great to see miracles amongst us. We want God to equip us, but I believe the miracles amongst us is about strengthening us and equipping us to go out there and be the miracle to our community. Amen. 
So I want to share a word with you this morning that's been on my heart for a long time and and I want to bring it to you to encourage you and I believe it's going to speak to some people today. Why don't we pray? Open your heart up. Get ready to lean in to receive from God this morning. Father, we just come around the word this morning and we commit it into your hands. Ask Holy Spirit that you would just open the eyes of our hearts to receive. Lord, that you can speak to every person in this place in their own situation, their own circumstance, to encourage them with this word, to stir them up, to equip them, to anoint them, to Lord, to be a miracle in their community and around them, Father. I pray, God, use this message to speak to people today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 2, if you're taking notes, 2 Kings chapter 2, 19 to 22, it says this. The people of the city said to Elisha, look our Lord, this town is well situated as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and he put salt in it. And so they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, this is the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. I've healed the water and never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word Elisha had spoken. This is a pretty amazing story. And a miracle happens in, in this community where the water in this situation is, is bad, it's unproductive. They say historically what was happening is the cattle and the women would be drinking the water and what would happen, they'd be miscarrying. The cattle would miscarry, the women would miscarry, and there'd be death, they were watering, the crops wouldn't grow, the water was bad. And you know, when I think about it, there's a, some things that come out of this story, and we're going to look into it in a moment, but some things that come out of this story that help us understand how we can individually be positioned in a place of a miracle in our own city. And I really believe that. You know, if you look at this, this whole text, it says there that, the, look, they went, the elders went to the men of God. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't it be good that our city has issues and goes, hey, we want to go to the church? I want to go to one heart and talk to our city needs help. Let's ask. I believe God wants the church to be the answer for its community. Amen. And I'm not be some side group that hangs around the side, but we are the answer to the issues in our community. And, um, and that's why I love chaplaincy, because that's part of that vehicle that God can use to connect and bring the answer to people um, in a non-threatening way, in a way that shows love and care and the love of God. But I love this, how they see it. They say, look at our city. It's well situated. Now, Pastor Rob has been taking me around, showing me all the beautiful area, Coffin Bay. Went up, is there a, what's the lookout just up here? Took a, yeah, took a big panorama view picture and was putting it out there, showing, I was sharing it back with my wife. She goes, oh, I'm jealous now. Don't send me anymore. I want to be there. And I'm going, oops, okay. But, um, you know, the beautiful place, you are well situated. But, you know, it's, it's a perspective that we need to have. And you know, I think first and foremost, if we want to be a miracle in our city, then we need to see the perspective of God in our circumstance and our situation. You know, they say, you know, we, we t- different personalities look at a glass half full or half empty. But the reality is in God, we should see the glass half full because God can fill the other half, amen? We, 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 we serve a God who can do miracles. And so we need to look at our situation, our city, our employment, wherever God has placed us, we need to look at it as like, we are well situated. If you want to see a miracle happen, you've got to see God's perspective where you are right now. If you don't, if you see, you know, negative stuff, oh, the water's bad, this is going on around me, this is happening. If we see it like that, then we're never going to look, see the answer. We'll never see the miracle because we're not trusting in God and seeing it from God's perspective. God can do a miracle. 
God can do something. So they come to the man of God knowing that God can do it. You know, you think about Jesus with Lazarus. You know, he was in the tomb three days and they're all paying, oh, don't worry about coming now, he's dead. You know, he's, he's passed away. He's been in the tomb for three And he, what did Jesus say? He says, it will be okay. It will be okay. And I think sometimes we've got to, in our perspective, in our situation, whatever we're going through, we need to trust God and say, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. No matter how bad it looks in the natural, it'll be okay, amen? We see it from God's perspective. And that's my prayer for you today, that you would just situate yourself and that God would open the eyes of your heart to see your situation through God's perspective. Because God can do a miracle. And he can use every situation. What's the Bible say God uses? All things for the good. And sometimes it's not just the good of us, but it's the good of others. Because he's working through us, amen? So they came up to him, they said to Elisha, look, you can see the town's well situated. But what was bad? The water was bad. The water's bad. Like I said, there were miscarriages and there was, there was a real sense of hopelessness in the city because we all need water to survive, amen? <laughs> and and, it, was, and it, was a, it was a very sad situation. But in John 14, 4, it says of us today, it says, but whoever drinks the water, this is Jesus speaking, the water I give them, will, they will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Who has that spring? Oh, three. Okay, we're going to have an altar call later. We've got a lot of people get saved today. We'll have eternal life. What about this one? John 7, 38. Whoever believes in me, Jesus said, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Who has rivers of living water flowing from within them? Oh, there's a few more. Praise God. But you know, there's God, that scripture, Jesus uses that perspective that you and I have a spring of life, a well of life in us. A well, a springing up to living waters. But unfortunately, just like in this time in Jericho, there was, there's, the well is bad. It's polluted with stuff. We live in a world that pollutes this well of spring of living water within us. And we live in a community where people's well of life, where this spring that's supposed to be a river of living water is polluted. It's got stuff of negativity. It's got hopelessness. Just like in this situation, there's miscarried dreams and hopes and desires. People who believe for something and because of life and things that have happened, it's polluted. It's, 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 it's caused that spring to become toxic in us and it's not producing the life that God intended it to produce because life has a way of doing that, eh? And just things happen. We have miscarried dreams, unproductive lives, barrenness in our life because of what life dishes out at times. Well, God can do a miracle, amen? He can come and touch these waters just as he did in Jericho. So let's have a look at what, how God did uh, an answer there and how it can work with us today. The good news is that God can do a miracle in our situation. Look at verse 20 with me. This is how it happened. Elisha comes. He they hears the heart. He, he hears that they got, yes, there's a good perspective. There's, they have the right perspective. They're well situated. But yes, there is barrenness. There is hopelessness going on. There is brokenness. There's people having miscarriages. The animals, the, the, the land is unproductive. So what does he say? Bring me a new bowl. Let's break this down a bit. Who likes new things? Oh, a few people. I love new things. You know, I don't know about you, but when I get something new, I like it. 
I remember years ago when I was working for um, different or different times, working for different organisations. One couple of times there, we've had the opportunity to lease new cars, new vehicles. Who's ever had a new car? Some people. Who likes the smell of a new car? I would just go and sit in the garage. I wouldn't go anywhere. Just sit there and go, oh, that's new. I never had anything new like that. That was amazing. I remember one time I got to be, I had a, I built a house. It was, well, I didn't build it, but I got it built, and it was a new house. And I got this house, and, and we bought the land, and we built it, and, it, and I loved it because it smelled new. You know that new smell? And so I loved it so much that I decided to climb up in the manhole, up in the ceiling, and you could smell that new timber smell up there. Oh, so, this is amazing. And so I'm walking around in the ceiling just smelling the timber smell, just examining this new thing, this new house that I got. And I stood on a piece of wood, which I thought was nailed between the, the, the rafters or whatever. And next minute, my foot's, my leg's dangling out of the ceiling and there's a big hole in my brand new house. It didn't feel new anymore. And, um, and I got it fixed straight away because <laughs> I want that newness back. And, uh, but, you know, they, we love new things, don't we? We love new things, you know, and God's into doing new, isn't he? Let me give you some scriptures. Isaiah 42 verse 9. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. Isaiah 43, 19. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. You do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I love Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. It says, Because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions or his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't that exciting? God loves new. He's into bringing new freshness, new sense of his blessing and his goodness upon your life. He's into doing new things. God loves new. The challenge is that we don't get caught up in the new. You know, in the natural, the, the, the thing is we love new things and this is why we spend billions of dollars every year as a society on Christmas and Boxing Day. Have you watched those Boxing Day sales when people want new things? Like they trans like a stampede because they're into something new and we can get so caught up and consumed by the new that we, we lose the sense of what God wants to do new in us. He wants to do something fresh, and it's not about satisfying the flesh. It's about satisfying the spirit, amen? He can do a new thing. But, you know, we can get even caught up in that. You know, I've watched it. I'm a pastor of a local church. I've watched people go from church to church looking for the new thing. I'm thinking, you're missing it. It's not how God operates. You go where God tells you to go, amen? And you plant yourself where God tells you to go and to be planted. Because the thing is, when we do it in our own strength and chase after the new thing, the new thing doesn't last very long. And if we're hooked on and addicted to this new thing, we miss out on what God wants to do because we're just looking for that feeling and that where God wants to do something so much deeper, amen? He wants to do a miracle in our life. He wants to do something amazing in us. And so God's new is different to our new. And we need to pursue God for the new thing, not in our own strength. Amen? Nothing more powerful when it comes to new, when God brings a fresh wave of his blessing, a new blessing, a new sense of his presence, a new opportunity, when we are just being faithful and trusting God and not jumping the gun. I love when God does a new thing that I haven't gone seeking or done in my own strength, that I've just rested in God, been faithful where God's put me, and he comes in and does a new thing. I love that. 
You know, I'll be worshiping week after week and just loving God. And I know sometimes even in worship, you know, it's a bit of karaoke going on sometimes, you know, Christian karaoke. We're sitting there singing a song. But I tell you, when you're faithful and you just reach out to God, God can come and do a new thing in you. Bring a new sense of his presence, a new sense of freshness. And we need that. We need God to do that. You know, as I was preparing this message today, I really felt for someone in here, for someone here today, God is about to do a new thing in your life. There's someone here that's been crying out to God, God, I just need a change. Something's got to give in this situation. Well, let me tell you, God's here to tell you that today is a new day for you. Today is a new day. We're going to pray later. I'm going to have an opportunity to pray. I want to pray with you. I want to stand with you and believe God for that new day. Amen. God can bring a sense of newness. I love 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. Friend, if you don't know Jesus in this place today, let me tell you, when we accept Jesus into our life, and it's not about going to church and all that, you know, we do that because we, want, we love God and we want to grow. But, you know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like you've heard it, you go to Mac, it doesn't make you a Big Mac, you know. You've all heard that. Everyone uses that. Why did this even come to my head when I say that? Because I've heard it so much. But you know, God, God doesn't make, it's not a, being a Christian, being a new creation is about giving Jesus right into your life, accepting what he did on the cross for you. If you will accept that and let him come into your life, forget about everything else around you, he will do a new thing in your life, amen? He will come and make you a new creation, a new person. And behold, the old is gone and the new has come. I remember when I first became a Christian, man, it was just like my eyes were open. It was a new day for my life. And um, I cried and cried because I could feel that new sense of direction and future and hope and something amazing happened. God can do that for every one of us. Amen? I love that. You know, that, who, who remembers that a Christian here remembers that first love? You remember that? Three of us. Okay, we definitely got to do a Walter call later. God does something new. When we give our life to Jesus, it's that fresh first love. You know, he can come and renew that. If we just reach out and get hungry for him, he can do something new in our life. Okay, Elisha says, bring me a new bowl. Another word for that could be the, that used in the King James is the word vessel. Have a look at 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 21 with me. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments, and that word instruments can be interpreted as vessels, for special purposes made holy and useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Special purposes. God has different vessels. And in him, in Christ, we are set aside as vessels for special purposes. Amen? It's talking about you and I, friend. If we're in Christ, then we need to see ourselves as being vessels for special purposes, for noble purposes. Amen? We are called to be people that are used for honorable, noble purposes in God because it's not us that live, but Christ who lives within us. And you are a vessel for special purposes. You are set aside by God. Unfortunately, what happens is the lies of the enemy come in and go, who am I? Because of the sin we struggle with or the things that we go through, the enemy comes in and condemns and brings us down and we see ourselves as just common old vessels. But if we are in Christ Jesus, then we are vessels for noble purposes. 
Who's, who's ever watched, and, um, and I'll, I'll confess I have, who's ever watched Shrek, the movie Shrek? You like it? Look at it. I love it now because I'm a grandfather now, and I have two granddaughters, and the, oldest one, the youngest one just turned one, and the other one's just about to turn three in a couple of weeks. And I love it because I can, I remember watching Shrek with my kids when they were young. And now I can redo it all again. <laughs> Grandpa, Pa's coming, let's watch that. I love those shows. But I remember watching Shrek and you know where, and some of you remember, you know where Shrek and the donkey rescue the princess. And they come across and, and they're act, he's got his helmet on and, and you know, and the princess says, thank you. Thank you, mighty prince for rescuing me. And your, you know, your, your amazing, um, your donkey, well, he didn't call it donkey, you know, your steed, your amazing steed for rescuing me. And Shrek turns around in his only way he does it, you know. I mean, not Shrek, the donkey turns around and goes, did you hear that, Shrek? She called me a noble steed. She called me a noble, I'm a noble steed, you know. And, um, and I thought, what a great image. He's a donkey, but now he's got this image that, because someone said it over him, that he is a noble steed. And I think some of us need to look in the mirror and go, I'm a noble, no, don't say that, you know, because <laughs> you're not a donkey. But you need to look in the mirror and say, thank you, Lord, that I am wonderfully and fearfully made in your image. That I'm a child of the living God. It's not I that live, but you who live within me. I am set aside for noble purposes. I'm set aside to do amazing things for you because you're filling me and want to work through me to touch the people in my life, in my world. I'm a noble vessel. We need to see that. Some of us got to stop thinking of ourselves as donkeys. Just old donkey. No, you're a noble steed. You're a noble steed, amen? We've got to see ourselves as that. We've got to see ourselves the way God sees us. That's why I love that song we were doing before. I thought that's spot on. We got to see ourselves as the way God sees us. Because when the enemy comes in and sells these lies that we're just a common vessel, you're just that, and you've failed here, and you've failed there, and you're never going to amount to anything. When we accept those lies of the enemy, then what happens is we restrict what God can do through us. Because be it unto us according to our faith. And our faith, it just says, well, I'm just a noble, I'm just a common old vessel for God. No, you are a noble, you are a noble purpose. You have a vessel that God wants to use. You are instrument for noble purposes, for his purposes in this world. I tell you, God, you're starting to position yourself to be a miracle in this community and the people around you. So what's he do there? And Elisha takes this um, new bowl, this new vessel, and then he puts, what does it say in verse 20? He goes on and says, he, bring me the new bowl, he said, and he put salt in it. So they brought it to him. What does Matthew 5.13 say? You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty? If no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. You know, I go to some churches, not this church, this is an amazing church. Amen. But I go to some churches and I think, well, no, I don't see it probably as salt. They're not salt. They're more like pepper. They just get up your nose and all you want to do is go, achoo. <laughs> it's like, are you a Christian? Praise God. You look like you've been sucking lemons all week. How are you? You know, you praise God. You're good morning. Good morning. Yeah, hi. Yeah, that's not salt. We are salt. You know, we've heard sermons on it. Salt is that we are the flavor. We are the, you know, we are the preservation and the flavor of our community. Of our, so we are the salt of the earth. We've heard sermons on that. But I did some more research into it. 
And I did some more research. They say that salt is a characteristic of salt. And this, have we got any chemists in the house? Is there any chemists? Okay, I'm in trouble. You can correct me later. <laughs> Normally I can get away with this because there's no chemistry. But there is one today. No, I've looked it up. I'm pretty sure it's right. Um, but it's made up of, they say that salt is made up of what they call ionic bonds. Am I right? Oh, phew. Okay. Ionic bonds, which that is elements that have an architecture of connections. I love this. Catch this. Because what it means is there's a connection that the chemicals of salt, for it to be salt, it has to be connected to the elements. And it has an architecture of connections there. Ionic bonds, they call it. And I see this as the church. See, your saltiness is reliant of you being connected in the body. Amen? People go out there and just go, I don't need church. Well, I tell you, you're you're not going to be salt for very much longer. Because there's an architecture of connections that God is joining his people together so that we can be the salt. You know, Ephesians, Ephesians, and you can read it sometime, but the first couple chapters of Ephesians talks about, you know, that um, how can we understand the depth and the width and the, uh, the, the height of God's love? But, you know, Paul's not talking to an individual Christian. He's talking to the church. How will you ever know the depths of God's love when you are connected in his body? Because what God's doing in me and showing me his love, it will be different to you. So when I appreciate what God's doing in you, I appreciate God's love in a greater dimension. See, we're finite beings. God couldn't pour all his love into one person. We just explode. (laughs) We could never understand an infinite God if we're a finite being. And so we need each other to understand how deep and how wide and how amazing God's love is. Then it goes on in the next chapter and it says, you know, God will do more than you could think or even imagine. We hear that preached to individuals. Oh, God's got to do for me more than I could think or imagine. No, it's written to the church. God can do more than you can think or imagine as we connect, have this architecture of connection, and we are together, planted together, doing life together. Yes, it can be ugly at times, but when we do life together and love each other with God's love and understand God working in our life, what happens is we can do more than he can think or imagine. We can do it. We can see God do amazing through us together. More than we could think or even imagine, he can do through us together. Amen? And that's how God works. He wants us to work together to be connected, to be the salt of the earth. Also, it says of, um, of salt that it has a relatively high melting point. And I love this, that as a church as being the salt of the earth, then, you know, we have a relatively high melting point. Other words, when we hear of people being shot, you know, in Virginia Beach, just yes, this Saturday, just a couple days ago, when we hear all that, the world get, lives in fear. There's a lot of fear out there. Terrorist attacks, people living in fear. But we, being the salt of the earth, we have a relatively high melting point. In other words, we are strong because he is with us. We trust in him. We have our faith in him. So we can be an anchor of hope to our community. When the world's fallen apart around us and people are freaking out, who can they look to? The Christians, because we are the salt of the earth. We have a relatively high melting point. We're not going to bow to what's going on around us. We're trusting God. Amen. He's in control. He's in control. What's the worst that could happen to, his, to his, the believers? Even if something happened or someone crashed, what, what's the worst that can happen to us? We can go to heaven? Oh, gee, that's pretty bad. <laughs> we can get to heaven. We win. 
We win, we get to the place where God, we have we can trust God no matter what's going on in the world. So many people look at the news and freak out. I've heard Christians talking about doomsday stuff and, and all this kind of stuff. I'm going, ah, stop putting fear in people. Let's trust God. He's big enough to know what's going on. You know how many Islamic um, people today, right, in Islam, in the, in the Middle East, are coming to Christ right now? It's phenomenal what's going on over there through dreams. See, God's big enough. If I can't get the missionaries in, I'll just speak to them. There's people getting saved. God is doing something on this earth. We need to rejoice in what God is doing, not freak out at all the natural events. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We are above and not beneath it. Amen? And we've got to trust our God because we are the salt of the earth. You know, I thought to myself, how do, we, how do we keep our saltiness alive? How do you keep salty? And how do you keep that flavor, that, that passion flowing you, through you? And I think it's faith. It's faith. Stepping out and trusting God. We can get so consumed with what's going on around us that we lose that, the, the faith to trust God to step out. Because I'm going to tell you, when people are stepping out of their comfort zone, taking on new opportunities, serving in a greater way that's beyond your own ability, trusting God in you giving or whatever it might be, as we step out, I tell you, your faith comes alive. Bible says faith without works is dead. We need faith because we don't want dead faith, do we? That's called boring religion. We don't want boring religion. We want faith as alive. So what are you doing to step out of the boat to trust God? I go to prayer meetings and I can tell you who's stepping out in faith and who's not. Because the ones that are praying, they go, oh, God, move. They're, they're trusting God. Ones that are, everything's cruising. Oh, God, thank you for today. You know, we want to be the salt of the earth. We need people that our faith is alive. Who's ever heard of the footprints in the sand? You know that? Well, I found something that is very similar but, and it's probably more, biblic, more correct biblically. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this. Some, anyone heard of this? It's a parody of the footprints in the sand. Good. Let me read it to you. One night I had a wondrous dream. One set of footprints there was seen. The footprints of my precious Lord. But mine were not along the shore. But then some stranger prints appeared. And I asked the Lord, what have we here? These prints are large and round and neat. But Lord, they are too big for feet. My child, he said in somber tones, for miles I carried you alone. I challenged you to walk in faith, but you refused and made me wait. You disobeyed, you would not grow. The walk of faith you would not know. So I got tired, I got fed up, and there I dropped you on your butt. Because in life there comes a time when one must fight and one must climb, when one must rise and take a stand or leave their butt prints in the sand. I remember when I first read that, my, my father-in-law has the footprints in the sand on, his toilet, inside, on the toilet door on the inside. And, and I thought, no, you need to have this on. That's probably more appropriate for the wall. But we need to step out. Our faith comes alive when we step out of the boat, when we start to trust God. Amen. Have a, get out of the comfort zone. That's what I love about chaplaincy. For some people, this would be a huge, like, what am I going to do? I've got to step out and be, do this and reach out to my community and be equipped to do that. That's going to take me out of my comfort zone. I'm going to have to have faith. Yeah. That's contagious. People get contagious. They, they get attracted to people that are out there stepping out in faith. It's because they become the salt of the earth. Amen. And then it goes on to say in verse 21 of 2 Kings 2, Elisha goes on to say there, then he went out to the spring and he threw the salt into it saying, this, this is what the Lord says, I've healed the water and never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. 
I love this thought because this is where I think is the crux of the miracle happening. couple things here. First of all, the salt, it goes into the spring, the source. And I thought to myself, what, you know, what is the source? The, the source of water for us as, living, as people who have rivers of living water. What is our source? Our spring is God, isn't it? It's our relationship with God. He's the one that is the source, the spring of life. So if we're the salt of the earth, then we need to be in the source, just like he's done here. He's gone and thrown the salt into the spring, into the source of the water. And our saltiness, our, we being the salt of the earth, we need to be in God's source. And it's interesting that they say salt in a solution, catch this, salt in a solution will conduct electricity. So if it's, you put salt in, is that correct, sir? Yes, <laughs> You will put salt, you put salt in a solution, it will conduct electricity. To me, the solution is being in God's presence. See, when I worship, I'm in God's presence. When I pray, I'm in God's presence. When I remain in the solution, when I am the salt remaining in him, guess what? I conduct his power for a miracle to happen around me. I become a conductor of his power. They say another thing with salt, even though it has a very high melting point, they say once you do melt it, it will conduct electricity. And I'm thinking, what a powerful thought. When I surrender, when I, when I do, under my terms, bow to God, melt in his presence, bow my knee, melt my heart and say, God, I am yours. I'm surrendered to you. You know, do whatever it takes in me to be what you want me to be in this world. As I surrender my heart, guess what? I become a conductor of his electricity, of his power to do miracles in my life, around my life. So staying in the solution, being surrendered to God, we become conductors, we become positioned ready for God's power to flow through us, amen? And when we live a lifestyle of that, wherever you are, whenever the time comes, you're in the right place at the right time. I love that. I love that thought. That's why, again, I love chaplaincy because they're out there meeting with people, helping people through their needs, and one time will be there. Only has to happen once. You're at the right time at the right place to pray with them and to reach out. And to see God's power move and touch them. Amen? And God can do that through your life and through many others' lives as we surrender to him. So we become conductors. I'm closing. I'll get the band to come and join me. I'm going to pray. Verse 22. 2 Kings 2 as I close. 2 Kings 2, 22. And the rewarder has remained pure to this day according to the word Elisha had spoken. The water remained pure. How? According to the word Elisha had spoken. You know, my Bible tells me that there's the power of life and death in the tongue. Amen? We can speak life or we can speak death over our situation. You know, I've seen people, God do touch people in church amazingly. You know, do a miracle. Their faith is lived. And then you go out to the car park. They haven't even got in their car yet and they're speaking death back over their situation. Oh, yeah, God can touch my bills. I'm in church. God can pay that bill. I trust God. I trust God. They go, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. And they're in the car park. We're speaking what? Death. Because there's a power of life and death in the tongue. So we can be the conductor of electricity. We can be the vessel that God wants us to be. We can believe all that. We can believe that God will work through us, that we are the salt of the earth and all these things that I've talked about this morning, but we can destroy it by this thing. We ruin it by the words that we say because there's the power of life and death in the So if there's a power of death, we can destroy it. There is obviously the power to create of life because we have the power in our tongue to decide what we're going to say over our situation. 
And it says there, the miracle happened and it remained because the word Elisha had spoken. Amen. I want to pray for you today. Today I'm going to be praying for, you know, that person I felt, if that's you, when we pray, I want you to come. I want to just pray with you. I'll get the team to come and pray with you as well. And we're going to pray for, you know, that person that you just feel like you need a new day. I don't know who it is, but you've been on my heart all week and I've been praying for you. But you just, God, you just feel like, oh God, is this ever going to end? I just feel like God's going to come and just breathe on your situation and just give you a, a freshness of a new day. It's a new season. You're stepping into something. And I, I don't know how that'll play out in God, but I just know that you need to just step into that new day and say, God, I receive that. that I, I've been crying out to you for some change, and this is the new day. And I'm putting this in my diary and saying, right, today is a new day. But also what felt in God as I was praying that um, there are people here, we're talking about vessels. And the picture I got was like these vessels that were beaten up. You know, you like see some of these copper, you know, those vessels, you've got copper, you know, um, you know, pot plant holders or whatever, like there's these vessels. And I saw dints and, and clay things, those cracks, and, and it was just beaten up. It was just been life. It's just people have dropped it. People, people have kicked it. And, and these things are just vessels. And I just feel like there's some people here that maybe today, that's, your, that's how you feel. You've been, life has just kicked you. Life has just dropped you. And there's cracks, there's faults, there's bits that have fallen off. And you just feel like, I don't feel like a vessel for noble purposes. I feel beaten up. I feel like a broken vessel. I believe the Holy Spirit's here to touch you today, amen. So when we stand and we just worship, and if that's you, just come and we're going to pray and get the team to come and pray with you.